Welcome back to At The Buzzer. I'm your host, Dean McCollum, joined alongside my co-hosts, Andrew Loveliner, Campbell Klein, and Tyler Fertel. And today, we have a pretty special episode for you guys here because we are going to be doing our official NBA 2021 playoff predictions. We're going to go over each series and maybe go into the further rounds. We'll see what happens. But uh, if you're wondering, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, Campbell's video is off because his power just went off. So he's still going to be here, but uh, he doesn't want to be looking uh, weird with just the flashlight on. So Campbell's still here. Anyways, uh, let's just get uh, the show on the road right here. We're going to start off in the Eastern Conference. And the first matchup, we're going to go uh, one one seed versus eight seed. So the Sixers, the one seed, and the eight seed, the Wizards just beat the Pacers uh, yesterday as we're filming the day after they beat the Pacers. Um, so guys, what are your thoughts on this series? Um, well, yeah, so this is the first first round series we'll go over in this podcast. Obviously, um, the Sixers are a really good defensive team. The Wizards are a really good offensive team. Uh, it's going to be an offense-defense matchup. It's just going to be really, can the Sixers put enough points to compete with the Wizards and can the can they hold the Wizards to uh, under, like, I would probably say around, what, 110, 120 uh, a game because the Sixers can score that. And if they can hold the Wizards to that kind of amount, then, uh, yeah, I think that I think that the Sixers really just take this series pretty easily. But although with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal on your team, anything can happen, so... I think this series is going to be really interesting um, because one of the teams plays a lot of defense. The others play, the other plays basically none. So that's just, that's what's really interesting to me in this uh, series. But really overall, I feel like the Sixers should take it relatively easily, but yeah. Tyler, do you want to give your series prediction in like games? Uh, I'll go Sixers win in five. That's my prediction. My prediction is pretty simple. Um, it's, uh, the Sixers will sweep the Wizards just because, um, the Wizards don't play any defense. Um, Daniel Gafford's been a nice pickup for them, but he's not doing anything with Embiid down low. Um, and yeah, just the, the Sixers have too many great offensive players. I know Ben Simmons is not too great in the playoffs, which we'll get to maybe, uh, in a future podcast episode in a second round matchup uh, preview. But yeah, I, I don't really, I don't really trust the Wizards defense at all. I know Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook have been playing really well lately. And the Wizards have been uh, one of the hottest uh, teams um, in the last month leading up to the playoffs and obviously winning their last playing game against the Pacers, blowing them out. But I just don't see how that team can compete defensively against the Sixers offense, no matter how many points they score up. I think these games will probably be high scoring um, just because obviously like it's hard to guard Beal and Westbrook. Uh, they're a really good dynamic duo, but I don't, I don't think they have enough uh, on the defensive end to compete with the Sixers. Um, before Dean and Cam go really quickly, like you were saying, Ben Simmons is not really, he's not really been good in the playoffs in the past. He was hurt last year in the bubble and he hasn't really been an offensive threat in his time in the playoffs, but, uh, the Sixers team is now healthy. They weren't for a little bit of the season when Embiid got hurt and Simmons got hurt, I think for a little bit. And obviously last year, uh, in that bubble season, they weren't healthy and that's why they lost. They got swept by the Celtics in the first round. But this year, with an improved squad, adding a good shooter in Danny Green and being healthy and having an improved player in Tobias Harris, who I actually think um, could have been more could have been more in the All Star conversation than he actually was. Uh, I definitely think that 
they should make a run in the playoffs. I think that they are a team that could definitely beat the Nets. And although the Nets are going to be the title contenders going into the playoffs, there are definitely teams in the Eastern Conference and obviously ones in the Western Conference too that can beat them. And I think that the Sixers are the biggest threat to them in the Eastern Conference. And that's just my perspective, just because the Sixers are such a good defensive team. I feel like they have the weapons on defense and they also have a B who can score. Tobias Harris who can score. Danny Green who can go off for five to six threes in any game. Seth Curry who can do that too. I feel like they have enough players to uh, compete with the Nets that they can cause uh, – problems for them, both from offense and defense, because as we also know, the Nets don't play defense either. So uh, yeah, I like the Sixers in this playoff run. I like the Sixers in the series, obviously. So yeah. Um, yeah, you guys uh, covered a lot about what the series is going to be like. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Tyler's prediction. I'm going to say Sixers went in five. I, I, I really don't think that Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal are just going to let themselves get swept by the Sixers, although it can happen. I just don't see the Wizards just going home without a win, um, without a win in the series. I just don't really see that happening. I know that Russell Wils- uh, Russell Westbrook, sorry, I almost said Russell Wilson, uh, has a bit of a grudge versus Joel Embiid. Uh, a few videos surfaced after the Wizards won their playing game, and they found out they were playing the Sixers, how uh, uh, them two were beefing when Russ was back on the Thunder. They had a few really competitive games, so I think that Russell Westbrook will really take that into account and try, try his hardest to win as many games as possible in this series. Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree with Tyler and Dean in saying that the 76ers will win in five. I just think Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, as Dean said, they just have too much heart to get swept like that after all they've done this season, after starting so poorly to come all the way back and get swept. I don't see that happening. There'll be a, there will be at least one game where Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal both play well, and I think that'll be enough to get them a win, but I don't think they're going to have enough to to get two wins and definitely not win the series. Um, before we go on really quickly, I the, the game changer I feel like in this series is going to be will Russell Westbrook and or Bradley Beal be productive to keep up with the the uh, Sixers' best three scorers? Because as we've seen, the Wizards have basically no one other than their best two players, and that is definitely going to be a problem against a Sixers team that is deeper than them. So I just think that Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal are going to have to play basically the best basketball they've played all year, even though both of them have played extremely well throughout the year um, to even put up a chance against the Sixers. All right. Uh, we spent a little too much time on that series. So now we're going to move on to the two seed, uh, the two seed versus the seven seed. So the two seed, the Brooklyn Nets, probably, I think Vegas has them as the uh, title favorites, if I'm not mistaken, versus the seven seed Boston Celtics who beat the Wizards in their playing game. So we're going to start off with Campbell on this series. Campbell, what's your prediction? Um, yeah, if you've been watching the NBA recently, you've seen Jason Tatum is absolutely balling. And since Jalen Brown went down with that injury, he's been having to do every last bit to get his team wins. And, uh, I love what he's doing out there, but I don't think it's going to be enough to even take one game from the Nets in this series. I think the Nets just have too much talent with their big three, and I'm just going to leave it at that. There's too much talent. Jason Tatum, I don't think there's any number of points he can put up to get this team a win, any number of reasonable reasonable number of points. So, yeah, I'm going to have Nets in four. Um, similar prediction to Campbell, Nets winning, but I'm going to say they win five just because – uh, the big three, Katie, Kyrie, and Harden, um, 
they haven't played a lot together. I feel like this round for them, like, I don't think they're going to have any problems. Like, I don't think the Celtics will be like winning the series or anything, but I think it's going to take them a few games to really get their chemistry right. So I could definitely see the Celtics winning a game. So I'd probably predict Nets in five just because Jason Tatum has been going crazy and he may score 50 points on a game where maybe Katie, Kyrie Harden, multiple of those guys have off nights as they're trying to work together and get their chemistry back up. Um, so I think I think the Celtics might be able to snag one game. Um, but yeah, I mean, if the Nets are even have remotely good chemistry between their big three and they're playing well, then the Celtics, the Celtics are in trouble. Um, before you go, Dean, I just want to say I'm going to have the Nets sweeping the, uh, the Celtics here for me, at least Kemba Walker, their second option, because I feel like Jalen Brown is usually their second option this season, but Kemba Walker now has been really inconsistent, um, and streaky throughout this year. And, uh, like Andrew said that, uh, that there's definitely, he thinks that there's probably going to be a point where all three of them don't play too well on the Nets. Well, I feel like that's not really going to happen. I feel like one of them is destined to go to play relatively well or well on any night, no matter who they play, because if Harden doesn't play well, then I see Kevin Durant or, uh, or Kyrie Irving playing well, because you know what? They don't, they don't depend on each other's games. They all have individual games as we've seen on their own teams, but if they can get together and really uh, bond and make that chemistry good, then they're going to be a problem for any team. But for at least now, I don't see the Celtics winning a game because other than Jason Tatum and maybe Kemba Walker, the Celtics don't really have anyone that I think will threaten the Nets. So I see the Nets really handling the Celtics pretty easily in this case scenario, which is weird after a year where uh, the Celtics were potentially supposed to be one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference contending uh, at the top with teams like the Sixers and the Nets. So, yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to agree with Tyler and Campbell on their predictions. I don't think there's much needed to be said about this series. Other than that, I think that the Nets will win uh, 4-0 versus the Celtics. I don't know why, but I'm getting uh, a flashback to the Nets uh, Raptors uh, round uh, round one series. The I believe it was a two versus seven seed. Now it's a two versus seven seed this year, and the Nets are now the two seed. And uh, the result in last year's was a sweep. I just feel like it's going to be the same result this time. Uh, it's the it's in the Nets' favor. I don't know if Jason Tatum can do it all by himself to even clip a game from the Nets. Um, I don't think uh, the Nets, even though they've played, I think like ten or less games with all three uh, with their entire big three playing together. I don't think there will be um, chemistry problems. I think that the Nets will uh, get it done in an orderly fashion and uh, take a four zero sweep. Uh, one quick thing uh, I would like to mention the Nets bench, uh, I guess not necessarily their bench, but their role players, like guys like Joe Harris, uh, Landry Shamit, and others, they've all played super well this season. Um, also Bruce Brown, um, they've all played really well. Um, and I think that that's going to be, I know Tyler, it's hard for all three of those guys to have a bad night, but if one or two of them have a bad night and like guys like Joe Harris, Landry Shamit, Jeff Green, like if they're not giving any contributions whatsoever, then I think the Nets might be vulnerable for a game or two, but it's so unlikely that scenario happens. So that's why I'm picking the Nets to win. My, my, the thing that really makes me feel that the Nets have a really good likelihood to sweep is that there's no one, like even if two of them play badly, like 
there's not really anyone on the Celtics other than Jason Tatum and potentially Kemba Walker if he has a good night. That really makes me think, oh, he could put up above 20. Maybe Marcus Smart, if he has a really good game. I mean, they traded for a bunch of random players at the trade deadline last year. Oh, Evan Fournier, that's right. They also have Evan Fournier, so he could potentially put up 20 um, if he has a good game. But I just feel like the Nets have too much talent right now that uh, a not a not strengthened Celtics team can't really put up a fight in my perspective. But you know what? Jason Tatum can prove us wrong by literally putting up 50 or 60 on Evan given, any given night. So, yeah. All right, now we're going to move on to the next Eastern Conference series. In my opinion, in probably everyone's opinion, the most interesting one to follow and to watch. Uh, all of us are really excited for this series. It is the three-seeded Bucks versus the six-seeded Miami Heat. And if you guys don't remember, if our viewers don't remember, um, the Heat upset the Bucks in round two of the last playoff series. Uh, what was it, in five games? They're up 3-0-2, and the Bucks got a lucky win or whatever, but... Uh, now it's a rematch. Uh, I'll start off with this one. I've been going back and forth and back and forth with this one, but you know, I've learned my lesson way too many times on this podcast uh, in not choosing uh, one specific team. Uh, last time I did that, it was betting against Tom Brady in the playoffs. This time I'm going to take the heat in seven games versus the bucks. I think that's to, for the heat to win. I think that's a pretty safe bet for them to win in seven. It, I mean, they could win in six. I've been seeing a lot of people predicting that. But I'm going to have the Heat in seven. I think that uh, Giannis will be getting a lot of slander. And a photo just came out of Jimmy Butler, and he looked absolutely ripped. I think he's ready. He's ready to lock up Giannis like he did last year, knock down some clutch shots. I think that the Heat, even though their team uh, has been dealing with a lot of injuries, I know Jimmy Butler was out like for the majority of the first quarter of the season, even though he's been having arguably his best season of his career. And Bam Adebayo, same with him. Um, and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson being a bit off on uh, some nights. I still think that the Heat are going to pull it off just like they did last year. I didn't even think it was possible last year, and they crushed the Bucks last year. So I'm going to have the Heat coming out on top versus the Bucks in seven. Um, I think Giannis should brace himself for all the hate he's going to get after losing this series. I 100% agree with Dean. Uh, he stole my prediction. I got the Heat in seven just because... I think the Heat are going to do exactly what they did last year. And Mike Bullhoser has shown like time and time again that he's not a good coach in the playoffs. I think my prediction is that they lose and then he'll get fired and they'll get a new coach. Um, but yeah, like, I think Drew Holiday makes a difference. Um, I don't think they're going to lose in five like they did last year. I think they'll, if they lose, it'll be like at a minimum six games just because Drew Holiday has been so good for them. And now he's been paid, so he's not really underrated. But in my opinion, like in the past like decade, he's been one of the most underrated and like under the radar players because he's never really been on like great teams, but he's always had great seasons. Um, I think that I think it'll be interesting to see who guards Jimmy Butler. Maybe Drew Holiday will match up against him. Um, and I, I think Drew Holiday will show up. Giannis, I don't, I don't really believe in him in the playoffs because his jump shot is. Uh, so inconsistent. Um, and then Chris Middleton is also just as inconsistent as Giannis uh, in the playoffs, or he has been at least um, in his short stint there. Um, and like some of the guys the Bucks have on their bench, I don't know if they're going to be uh, as as clutch as guys like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Goran Dragic and Kendrick Nunn have proven that they can be. Um, so yeah, I got the Heat in seven. Um, 
I'm going to disagree with you guys here. I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks in six. And my reason behind this is that the Heat traded away a little bit of their depth in Kelly Olynyk and a player that they signed from the Lakers in the offseason in Avery Bradley to get a player named Victor Oladipo, who, as we know, um, is out for the rest of the season with an injury. So I feel like that, along with the, the Bucks getting a great defender and a good, a pretty good outside shooter in Drew Holiday, uh, I think that that kind of shifts, like, I feel like that shifts the series as it went last year, just because obviously the Heat won in five last year. Giannis got hurt. Everything was going in the Heat's favor. They made a playoff run. They made a championship run, but ended up losing to our Los Angeles Lakers. Um, but uh, I feel like in this scenario, the Bucks are, they're just, I feel like the Bucks just have the advantage. They're a better shooting team. I feel like that they have the defense now. Uh, I, Andrew, I'm in a better shooting team than last year. Not, not necessarily better than the Heat, but they're a better sh- shooting team than last year because that was their big problem. They couldn't make an outside shot when they needed to. And with the addition of Drew Holiday, they have a little bit more depth. They, uh, they, uh, Dante DiVincenzo is, a better player in my perspective. Brooke Lopez is still good. So I feel like the Bucks will be able to get it done when they need to. I feel like the Heat aren't as as, as uh, good of a team as they were last year. They're not as feisty in my perspective. They've been injured all year. So I feel like if Giannis can maybe overpower Bam out of bio, uh, then they win the series. That's that's my perspective. Um. I'm also going to learn from my mistakes last year. Tyler and Andrew called it out before the series. So I'm going to go with the Heat in seven. I I think whichever way this series go goes, I think it's going to be in seven games. But as I said, I'm going to have the Heat. Um, yeah, I think Jimmy Butler, as Dean said, he's just going to be the X factor. He was so good for them last year in the playoffs, and he's he's looking as good as ever. He's had a solid season this year. And the only really down spot, as Dean said, was in the beginning when he had COVID. And when he came back, he was a little shaky. Everyone saw he'd lost like 20 pounds, but he looks he looks playoff ready. That whole team looks playoff ready. Uh, both Milwaukee and Miami are coming into the series on a, on a good little stretch. Both of them are winning games. I think they're both 8-2 and two in their last 10, so it should be a lot of fun to watch the series. But I'm going to have the Heat pulling it out in seven in in a close one. Obviously the series could go either way. It's probably the best series in the Eastern conference, probably the second best in maybe the league behind the Suns Lakers series, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like it's going to be, who's going to be the more aggressive team when it comes down to it in the late in late game scenarios. Cause this is these, every single game is probably going to be close. So who can make that clutch shot? I think it's really going to be, it's, it's what it's going to come down to. Always has to connect it to the Lakers. All right. Okay. okay. Do we want to really talk about right, really quickly? Says Drew. Okay. Okay, Drew. That was a little too far. You At least it was on episode? topic of the draft. I mean, we're talking about right. like, right. Andrew. Andrew, do you not do you not think the Lakers series is the best series or no? I don't think it's the best series. I think it's a good series, but you, you don't think I, it's the best series of the first round. You're telling me that the Lakers Star series isn't the best how, series of the first how, round. How, what is the best how, series of the first round? It's this one. I think it's this one. I think it's this one. All right, now we are going to move on to uh, the final Eastern Conference uh, matchup. We're going to start off with Andrew, but first I'm going to present the teams. We're going to have the four-seeded Knicks, Andrew's home team, versus the five-seeded Atlanta Hawks, 
A uh, quick preface before uh, for the series, um, the Knicks swept the Hawks, I believe, in the season series 3-0. So the Knicks, probably favorites coming into this matchup. Um, Andrew? All right, so in this 4-5 matchup between the Hawks and the Knicks, um, no surprise here. I'm picking the Knicks to win. Um, I have them winning in seven games, so I think it's going to be really close. Um, although the Knicks swept the season series against the Hawks, one of the games, Trey Young got injured halfway through, and then the other one... Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich um, didn't play. So now that the Hawks are at full strength and they just got uh, DeAndre Hunter back recently, I think it's going to be a really close series, much closer than the regular season series. Um, but I think the Knicks will be able to pull ahead just because I think the Knicks defense will get enough stops uh, on Trey Young uh, and everyone else they have there. And then I also think that Julius Randle, I, don't, I think he's going to have a great series just because I don't know who Atlanta can really put on him. Um John Collins, I think, has guarded him the majority of the time, and Julius Randle has averaged like over 30 points against the Hawks. So unless someone else is guarding him, I have a lot of confidence um, in Julius Randle uh, in the playoffs. But yeah, I think I think it might come down to the Knicks role players a little bit, uh, like guys like Alec Burks, uh, quickly Derrick Rose, um, Reggie Bullock. If those guys hit their shots, uh, then I think the Knicks can easily win the series. But if those guys are missing, the Hawks could definitely compete. So my final prediction is Knicks in seven, but I think it's going to be really close. Yeah, I'm going to keep it short on this one. Um, I have Knicks in seven as well, as much as I want to go against them because Andrew sort of just interrupted. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Knicks in seven. I think that, uh, like Andrew said, uh, their role players are, is what's going to make the difference. They've been super consistent all year. And uh, I was talking with my tennis coach uh, earlier today. And he's also a Knicks fan. And we were talking about how consistent the Knicks are. And I think they're just going to stay consistent, stay solid and steady over uh, the series. I think Julius Randle, he's going to be putting up Julius Randle type numbers where he's basically unguardable to to the other team, at least. Um, I mean, I don't really know who's going to match up against him because I don't think Clint Capella really has the foot speed to do that. So it'll probably be John Collins. I think Julius Randle will have a great series. Same with RJ Barrett, hopefully. And yeah, I have the Knicks in seven as well. Um, yeah, I'm going to also keep this short. I don't really have much to say. I also have the Knicks winning in the series, but I'm going to have them winning in six. The reason is the Hawks of the Hawks guard play their guard defense and Trey young, um, usually is really not good. And I feel like a player like potentially Derek Rose and Emmanuel quickly could be a game changer in any of these given games and Trey young. I love Trey young. He was on my fantasy team. He's, uh, one of my favorite point guards in the NBA. Uh, to watch at least. Um, so, but he doesn't really play defense and the Knicks play defense. The Knicks play a lot of defense. So if they can, uh, if they can really lock up Trey Young and then expose him on the defensive side of the ball and let Julius Randle do his thing, let RJ Barrett do his thing, let Emmanuel quickly or Derek Rose do their, uh, do his thing and just not let Alfred Payton anywhere close to the court. I think that they win the series. Um, oh, yeah, you go, oh, as much as I want to choose the Hawks just to annoy Andrew, I'm going to have to go with the Knicks in seven. And my reasoning behind this, the Hawks have been hot recently. They haven't lost a home game in five weeks, which I think is crazy. But in playoff basketball, Trey Young isn't going to be getting all the calls he's gotten year round. He's not going to get those stupid off the screen, like flailing three pointers that doesn't fly in playoff basketball. So 
I don't think Trey Young is going to be as productive. So for that reasoning, I'm going to go with the Knicks in seven. All right. Now that we are finished talking about our predictions for the Eastern Conference uh, playoff matchups, we're going to be moving on to the Western Conference playoff matchups. And uh, we're recording this literally right after the Grizzlies-Warriors playing game just finished. And if my NBA uh, app isn't glitching, it looks like the Grizzlies won the game. Someone, someone want to say that? I, I, I don't want to be wrong. Yeah, the, so Grizzlies the Grizzlies won the game. So the Grizzlies won. They're Extremely the- good game, though. Uh, so the Grizzlies won. They're the eight seed. They're going to be taking on the one seeded Utah Jazz. Uh, you know what? We'll go back to Tyler on this one. Uh, Tyler, what is your prediction for this series? Um, so when making my prediction for the series, I was more projecting the Warriors to win the series, but I guess I'm just going to keep it the same as I would just because I feel like it's going to be a very similar outcome. I'm going to have the Jazz winning in five games. I think that an offense of uh, John Morant, who had a tremendous game against the Warriors in the second play-in game, um, along with uh, maybe Jaron Jackson Jr. having a good game, Jonas Valanciunas having a good game, Dylan Brooks playing good defensively against Donovan Mitchell. I think that they can steal one from the Jazz, but I don't really see them stealing any more just because the Jazz have been really good all season. They've had a good end of the year, too, uh, without Donovan Mitchell, which has been really impressive. Boyan Bogdanovich has stepped up. Royce O'Neal has stepped up. Rudy Gobert has even looked like a number one option, which is crazy. So, uh, yeah, they, they're a good defensive team. Rudy Gobert is, I don't know if he's the front runner to run it, but he's definitely a very big candidate to win uh, Defensive Player of the Year. So this Jazz team is looking dangerous heading into the playoffs, and they're definitely going to be a team to look out for. So I'm going to have the Jazz beating the Memphis Grizzlies in five. Um, uh, For this series, I'm going to have the – Utah Jazz sweeping the Memphis Grizzlies, and here's why. Uh, they had the Defensive Player of the Year, in my opinion, Rudy Gobert on their team. And over the past uh, few weeks slash months, Jonas Valanciunas has basically been the Grizzlies' best player. Uh, he's been the most consistent for the Grizzlies, I should say, even though I think John Morant's still a better player. Um, and Rudy Gobert is absolutely going to lock down Jonas Valanciunas. I don't think uh, Valanciunas will have a game over probably 20 points in this series. And John Morant's too inconsistent, I feel, to... Uh, uh, play in his first playoff series because he didn't make the playoffs last year because of the playing game. So I'm going to have the, uh, what's it called? The Utah Jazz uh, winning this uh, series in four games. Uh, Campbell? Uh, I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to go with the Jazz in five. I think uh, if they're up 3-0 or up big at some point in the series, I don't think if there's any sort of... Uh, you know, like soreness in Donovan Mitchell's ankle or something. I think they're going to take it easy. Maybe like a minute's restriction or something in game one. I don't know. I think there'll be one game where they, where they just give one up, but nothing scary. It won't be a close series at all. Um, Before Andrew goes here, I forgot to mention this too. They have two six man of the year candidates. I don't know how they're both six men. I don't think that's possible. But I think it's just more that they've both been really good players off the bench, and it doesn't really matter if they've actually been the six men. But that is really important for uh, the Jazz, especially if they want to make a playoff run, having a good bench. So, yeah. Yeah, I think one of those guys is probably going to win that award. But I'll keep it uh, short and sweet, Jazz and five. I think the Grizzlies are like good enough to take one game, but uh, I don't think there's any chance they win this series. All right, now moving on to a series we talked 
or argued, I should say, a little bit about earlier in the podcast, uh, two-seeded Suns versus the seven-seeded Lakers. And I'm pretty sure the Vegas has the Lakers as the favorites in this series, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know what? Uh, we'll go back to Campbell on this one since he's a huge Lakers fan. Campbell, I think I already know where this is going, but what's your prediction for this series? All right. In this series, I have the Lakers winning it. But in my mind, all I still can't decide how many games I'm going to have the Lakers winning in. I'm not going to be irrational and say Lakers in five. So I think it's going to be Lakers in six or seven. Just to submit one number, I'll, I'll say Lakers in seven. I think this is going to be a really tough series for the Lakers. If they win this series, I think they have a good shot to go all the way to the finals and give uh, whoever comes out of the East a run for their money. But the Lakers still need some time to mesh as they haven't. I think they've played like four games with Andre Drummond, LeBron and AD together, which obviously is not a lot of time. But I think all of their talent's going to shine through. I think this is going to be one of the best series in uh, the playoffs with Chris Paul versus LeBron. That's going to be a ton of fun to watch. And uh, honestly, I just feel bad for the Suns. It's their first time making the playoffs in a while and they have to face the defending champions. That's. That's not an easy task, but I think it's going to be a good series. They're going to put up a fight, but Lakers are going to come out of it in seven. Um, so I guess we can call this biased, but I don't really think it is. Uh, I'm going to have the seven seed being the two seed here. Los Angeles Lakers defeating the Suns in six games. Uh, and my my reasoning behind this is that the Lakers have everyone healthy. It is any It is basically everything any Lakers fan has been asking for all season. Uh, the one shaky thing is that in the playing game against the Warriors, Andre Drummond and Dennis Schroeder did not play too well. Either did Anthony Davis, but at the end of the day, all that matters is that we got the win. So we're playing the Suns in the first round. Uh, if everyone if everyone can play at their best, I don't think this is going to be that hard of a uh, series for the Lakers, but obviously that isn't going to happen. It's going to be a shaky series. So uh the Suns are coming off of a very good season. I think it was a 51 and 21 record. Uh, but you got to feel bad for them, like Campbell said. Like, they, they're, it, it's the first time in 30 years a seven seed has been favored over a two seed. Like, they, Monty Williams is probably going to win coach of the year. Like, this is just tragedy for them. But, uh, Andrew, who do you think is going to win coach of the year? Tom Thibodeau? Tom Thibodeau? Okay. Tom, he thinks it's going to be Tom Thibodeau. I think it's going to be Monty Williams. But, um, yeah, I think that the Lakers have a pretty good shot to win the series just because they, they match up really well to the Suns. I mean, I don't see, I don't know if anyone on the Suns can guard LeBron James. Like, is it going to be who? Jay Crowder? So, and who's going to guard Anthony Davis? Is it going to be uh, Macal, Macal Bridges? I, I like, they're going to provide a lot of matchup problems for the Suns. If Dennis Schroeder can play well against Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder has been a good defender all year. A little shaky against this, uh, a little shaky against Steph in this previous game, but if the Lakers can play good defense against Chris Paul and uh, and uh, Devin Booker, if KCP can play well against uh, Devin Booker, then the Lakers should win this pretty easily, just because uh, great defensive team and good offensive team. So I'm liking the Lakers in this series, but honestly, it can probably go either way. Well, Tyler. Um... I don't think that's really a question who can guard LeBron and AD because you got to say that in every single series, whoever the Lakers play, because technically no one can guard both of them. Anyways, um, I've seen Lakers uh, uh, playoff basketball. I saw I witnessed 
every single game they played last season in the postseason. Um, I don't think this will go to seven games. Uh, this isn't any bias whatsoever. I think the Lakers are taking it in six. Um, yeah, I just don't, I, I can't see this, uh, the Lakers getting pushed to seven games. I think that, uh, the Lakers have, uh, more mental toughness, uh, than the Suns, uh, more playoff experience than the Suns, obviously. Um, I think LeBron wants it more than anyone on the Suns, even though the Suns have been in a huge playoff drought, Devin Booker, first time in the playoffs. Um, still, uh, I can't see the Suns pushing the Lakers to seven games and like Tyler and uh, Campbell mentioned, like this has got to be so tragic for all Suns fans because haven't they had like did they have i think they had the second uh longest uh playoff drought next to the kings and now they're playing the lakers first round who just won the title months ago so uh yeah i'm gonna go with the lakers in six obviously the nba is completely improved in every team but the lakers are an improved team too i mean they added montrez harrell and dennis schroeder in the offseason which is uh yeah, just makes our. I feel like it's just better for our title chances, and it makes us a better team. Although some teams are better than they were last year, including the Jazz and the Suns. So, all right. Well, uh, to end the uh, Lakers segment of the podcast, um, I, I I don't really feel bad for Suns fans like you guys, just because I think the Suns have a really good chance. Um, I don't put a lot of stock into the Lakers uh, being bet to win this series. Uh, just because they have like LeBron James and you could put LeBron James on the Knicks. They'd probably be favored to win the East. So like, I don't really put much talk into that in terms of the series. Um, like I know Dean, you mentioned that like, and Tyler, when the Lakers are healthy, they're hard to guard with AD and LeBron. And you mentioned Schroeder, Tyler, but they all played bad against a Warriors team that isn't so great defensively. Um, and they, they couldn't score. And I think a one reason which I've tried to explain to you guys, which some of you guys have downplayed, is that they don't have any chemistry together. Uh, I think someone mentioned that, like, AD, LeBron, and Drummond, uh, and Schroeder all together have only played, like, four games together. So they don't really have much chemistry. And I think that going up against a team like the Suns, uh, especially with the Suns having home court advantage, it's a big advantage for the Suns because I think the Suns might be able to jump on the Lakers early and get a quick lead on the series, uh, get a quick lead, maybe one Oh two lead on the Lakers while they're still trying to find their footing with LeBron and AD and Drummond and everyone being back. So I think the Suns might be able to put the Lakers in a quick hole. My prediction for the series is Suns and seven, just because I think Devin Booker is going to have a great series. Look, I- I'm not a biased Lakers fan. I got the Suns in seven. They're half a game back of the best team. If you take out the if you take out the first two weeks, two three weeks of the NBA season, they've been the best team all year. Um, first off, one thing I'd like to say uh, before I stop talking, I don't think Monty Williams should win Coach of the Year, Tyler, just because I think Chris Paul's made a bigger impact on the team. But that's here nor there. I, I think the Suns are a really good team. They have a good bench. They have a good supporting cash. Uh, cast Mikal Bridges uh, is having a great season. DeAndre Aiden having a great season as a pick and roll partner with Chris Paul. Chris Paul is also one of the best clutch performers uh, in the NBA. Uh, say what you want about LeBron making lucky thirty footers. Uh, like I put, I put a lot of stock uh, into Chris Paul's clutchness and Devin Booker. I don't know. Like the Lakers could throw any any defender they have on him. They're not stopping Devin Booker as long as he's on his game. So I got something seven. Dean, remember, I mean, uh, Andrew, remember that the Lakers lost the first game of uh, both the first and second rounds last year, and they're an improved team with better depth than they were last year. So just remember. 
and Andrew, before we move on, I think it's very disrespectful that everyone on this Zoom call just said that your Knicks were going to take the series in the first round, and you have the you have the audacity to say that the Lakers are bound. But, but Dean, round. we can't blame them because the Suns are the two seed. Like, right. it's, not, it's, not like can, it's not the like Suns, we can shake his head the saying, Suns like, have, oh, it's a terrible prediction. The Suns not, won 51 games this season. The They're Suns a have been... Like, the Suns have probably been the best team all season. I'm just saying it's kind of disrespectful. Anyway, it's not disrespectful. We all, we all have our own opinions. Like it's not we're Lakers fans. Whatsoever. We've watched a lot of Lakers basketball this year, and we believe that the Lakers have enough to beat the Suns. Tyler, about your about like your improved bench, like Montrezl Hare, like he's barely played. Like I've been watching the Lakers the past and, two weeks, and even it, yesterday. Have you ever thought that it's maybe because we're saving him time. for a playoff series like this one? Well, you had him yeah, in a no. win now. Montrez Harrell sucks. Montrez Harrell sucks. In a this win man, now game. He, he probably won't benched. play, to be honest. He probably won't play. He probably won't play, but I'm saying we didn't and play also, him as so much what a as great we could have just Saul because we thought about our depth that we're going to need guys. in the playoffs. We know Rob Palenka and Frank Vogel knew that they're going to need more depth in the later season. That's Andrew. why Montrezl Harrell didn't play as much. They could have played him over Andre Drummond to get that chemistry, but they played Andre well, they Drummond didn't. and they, they played Marcus Gasol in they order both to rest Montrezl Harrell also, by the in, way, in a playoff series hope, like the Suns because we knew we were going to be a lower Tyler, seat. you guys better hope that Andre Drummond gets pulled late game because if not, he's getting cooked by Chris Paul in the pick and roll, and it's literally Andrew, over after Andrew, that. Andrew, it's literally Andrew, over. Andrew, Andrew, um, you said the Marcus Gasol signing wasn't good. Literally, that is stating the obvious if I've ever heard it or seen it. Like, I literally predicted. I said you guys had such I a did great not want Marcus Saul. Schroeder, Schroeder is so I've much been, worse from last year. Just look at his shooting numbers. And Montrez and Gasol are now irrelevant from the rotation. Our team is, our overall team is better than they were last year. If everyone is playing as they did last year, the, the team is as better. As they did last year. As they did last year. year. Why haven't they played like that the all Lakers year? This year has been completely messed up. Like, I'm not – Dennis Schroeder was out, like, five weeks throughout the season because of COVID protocols. Like, I'm not going to He was still bad before him. that. He was still bad before that. He was better than, like – who I don't even know who our point, starting point guard was last year. Like, Avery Bradley? Like, he's better than Avery Bradley. Alex Caruso was starting. Uh, when, I'm saying, when I'm saying that we have an improved team, I'm not saying that these players are having their greatest Wasn't season Rondo they've starting? ever had. All but I'm Alex saying – started in the finals, like, once all, all I'm saying is that our team – our our team has better depth than they were that they had last year. That is all I'm saying. That is going to be important in a playoff run, especially as a lower seed. It might not correlate to wins, but it could be important. Yes, the Suns have a good bench too, underrated bench. Yep, Jalen uh, Smith is their backup. Yep, I was literally about to say Jalen Smith. No, is he doesn't play. Quite no, he doesn't the addition. Play. I know he doesn't. Who's, need who's play. their backup center? Watch they? out for Frank Kaminsky. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Frank the Tank was um, anyways, uh, now that we are finished talking about the greatest Wisconsin player to ever come to the NBA, we're going to move on to the three seed in the Western Conference uh, versus the six seed in the Western Conference. We have the Nuggets, the three seed versus the six seeded Blazers. Um, Andrew, we'll start off with you. Uh, yeah, I got the Blazers in six. Uh, maybe that, I don't know if that's a surprise to you guys. I don't know if you guys are going to predict, but. Damian Lillard in the playoffs, he's arguably uh, the best point guard in the NBA. Um, he's super clutch. Uh, I think CJ McCollum's also going to have a great series just because without Jamal Murray, I don't know if the Nuggets will be able to put up the amount of points that Damon, CJ, and the rest of that Portland team can combine for because that Portland team, they're really bad defensively, but they can score. And I just don't know if the Nuggets have enough firepower. If the Nuggets are going to win this series, 
Jokic is going to have to average 30 and Michael Porter Jr. is going to have to probably average 30 as well, just because I see Damon CJ going off. And also now with the addition of Norman Powell, uh, it's super hard to stop that backcourt. Um, and those guys on the wings, um, I think Nurkic is a little overrated, but he's big and he's physical. Um, so I think that he might be able to, uh, cope with Jokic a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, I think it's a miracle for the Nuggets to win the series. It's so sad to see Jamal Murray get injured because I thought the Nuggets were title contender before this. But because of the injury and just the Blazers being able to score at will, um, I think the Nuggets uh, are going to lose to the Blazers in the next game. Um, I'm going to go in the opposite direction and uh, take the Nuggets in a seven over the Blazers. And uh, my reasoning behind this is, the Nuggets have the best player in the NBA in Nikola Jokic, and I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to step up and play well in this series. And you said Jokic is going to have to average 30. I think he's going to be able to average 25 and potentially a triple-double in this series and do enough to get by the Blazers. And plus, Damian Lillard hasn't been all that in the playoffs in his career. Like He's been good at the end of the regular season, but last year in the playoffs against the Lakers, he was sitting out with injuries after putting he had, he had a good game one and then he put up like 18 points and then 20 points and then maybe 30. It wasn't anything absolutely ridiculous. He wasn't like willing his teams to wins like Steph Curry is trying to in the past few games in this play. And he's not doing Steph Curry things. He's not the best point guard in the league like Steph Curry. I just don't think Damian Lillard and the Blazers are all that. So I'm going to take the Nuggets in uh, seven. Um, I'm going to agree with Andrew. Uh, I have the Blazers taking the upset, so I'm going to have both six seeds beating the three seeds in both conferences. Uh, I like the Blazers in this series for some of the same reasons as Andrew. Uh, Jamal Murray, their second best player, an elite scorer at will, um, tore his ACL midseason. Um, and I think that uh, the Blazers are just going to completely overpower him. Um, I think Jokic is going to have a great series, but he's going against some... Tough and hardy uh, European big men uh, as as himself um, at, and Yusuf Nurkic and Enos Cantor. Camel and I know a bit too much about those two guys, um, but I think that uh, Jokic will still have a great series, but I think there's the party emoji from Campbell, but I think that... Might have to bring out the Enos Cantor signed jersey for the player. <laughs> but I think that uh, Damian Lillard's going to have a great series as well, along with my uncle, CJ McCollum. Uh, Norman Powell, I expect him to be big in this series too. Um, I don't know if Michael Porter Jr. Uh, can uh, keep up. He's Like Andrew said, he's going to have to average 30 if they want to have a chance. Um, I think that the Blazers could potentially even win in five. Uh, the Blazers uh, do have uh, a slight history of beating other uh, pretty good to uh, decent teams uh, in an orderly fashion in the playoffs. Uh, I know this isn't really comparable, but they beat Anthony Davis and the Pelicans 4-0 one year. So you never know what could happen, but uh, I'm going to go with the 4-2 series upset uh, in favor of the Blazers. Also, one quick thing. Um, I'm not sure if the Nuggets were tanking this game um, because I, I don't know if they want to play the Blazers or the Mavericks, but in the last game of the season, both teams fully healthy, everyone playing. The Nuggets got absolutely blown out by the Blazers. I think it's going to be closer in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're going to like get swept or anything, but in that game, the Nuggets literally could not defend the Blazers at all. And it was literally are like, you, are game. you talking about the last game? They were definitely yeah. tanking, but yeah, the they Nuggets starters play all played. Jokic played minutes 17 minutes and game. Yeah, that, that was. I mean, I guess 
I while guess you could compare playing, it from like bench to bench, but like while he the was Nuggets playing, were definitely not playing. Yes, like, okay. They probably were tanking that game, but while he was playing, I was watching it. Jokic, every possession had to go one-on-one because no one else could create their own shot. And I feel like in the playoffs, he's not going to be able to just go one-on-one and score every time because that's not really his game. Like he can score, like he can drop 30 points, but he's not really a score. He's more of a playmaker. He's more like a pass first player. And so I don't know if that with ha- not having Jamal Murray there with, without having the scoring help, I don't know if, if they can win that way. Yeah. Remember what Jamal Murray did in the playoffs last year. I mean, he was unreal. Like people were expecting him to be an all-star this season because of how well he played in the playoffs last year. But, uh, I don't think that Facundo, Compazzo, and Monte Morris will be able to make up the space that Jamal Murray leaves. Uh, I have the Blazers winning in six in this series. I think that the Nuggets will be able to get two from the Blazers because Jokic could average it or Jokic could get a triple double on any night. He can put up 30 to 40 any night and get 10 rebounds and 15 assists. I mean, it's just, it's just how good he is. And then Michael Porter Jr. is a very good NBA player. He has a lot of talent. He's going to be an improved player next year, too. Uh, he, he, at the beginning of the season, I mean, he, he was out to COVID protocols, which was just dis- really disappointing for him because he got off to a pretty good start. He was, he was probably the most improved player award, like favorite for this season. And I think that, I think he was the favorite, like at the beginning of the season, I think he was like before the season started, I think he was, and he, he did put up way better stats than he did last year, but he just didn't play enough games to really, I mean, I think he's a finalist, but he's not going to win it. It's going to be Julius Randall. But um, I feel like him and Jokic are going to have to play really, really well to win games. They're going to have to get help from Facundo Campazzo and Monte Morris and Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon was a good uh, trade. They definitely won that trade. But, um, yeah, I the Blazers with uh, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, I don't see anyone on that team guarding them. Like, uh, the Nuggets guards are really not looking good right now. Uh, Nurkic will be completely probably taken out of the equation by Jokic, but Jokic is going to have to do a lot extra because of uh, because he's missing his second best player. But if Michael Porter Jr. can stand up and play well, put up at maybe average 30 points per game in this series, really, really high ask. But if he can, they could have a chance. But I just feel like the Blazers have more talent in this series, and that's why I feel like they're going to come out on top. All right. Now we're going to finish it off with the final playoff series uh, of this podcast. Uh, we're going to go on to uh, the Clippers versus the Mavericks, Clippers being the four seed, Mavericks being the five seed, our rematch of last year's playoff uh, matchup. And if you guys don't remember how that went, uh, basically, I'm going to keep it plain and simple. Uh, the Mavericks should have won the series. Um, a few bad referee calls, uh, Porzingis being wrongfully ejected, and then I believe tearing his meniscus the next game or something like that. Uh, the Mavs should have won that series. Anyways, I'm not going to get too salty about it, but I'm going to go into my prediction for this series, um, I'm going to have Clippers in six. Um, I, as much as I want the Mavericks uh, to win the series and as much as I want Luka Doncic and Kristoff Porzingis to succeed, I still don't really think they've improved that much as as a team that much since last season. I mean, uh, I feel like Luka's been flying a bit under the radar, but still Porzingis isn't really the player he was uh, He was playing like uh, last season. Uh, he's been injured for literally... 65% of the year or something like that. Um, so I, I don't think the Mavs have enough in them to even push it to seven. This game, I mean, this, sorry, this series could even go to five games, but I'm going to play it safe having the Clippers uh, winning in six like they did last season. Yeah, I think this is going to prompt an interesting offseason for the Mavericks um, regarding uh, 
their second star in air quotes, Chris Oswald-Wazingas. He hasn't been healthy all year. He's missed over half the games. I got Clippers in six. The only reason why, I think that Luka Doncic will be able to uh, will the Mavericks to a couple uh, wins just because he's unguardable at times when he's hitting a shot, especially those unguardable setback threes. Um, and I think they'll win a couple games because like guys like Josh Richardson, Jalen Brunson, Tamara Jr., they've been kind of inconsistent all year, which is why the Mavericks aren't a higher seed, but they can catch fire. Tim Hardaway Jr., like he scored like 35 points uh, not too long ago. He can catch fire. He's not consistent with that, but if one game, a few of those guys combined for a lot of points, uh, I can see the Mavericks taking a couple, but I think Paul George learned from his mistakes. I think he's going to be better this year, and I don't think Kawhi is getting upset in the first round, so I'll go Clippers in six. Um. I have the Clippers winning in seven. I feel like Luka Doncic, like Andrew said, will be able to use his, a little bit of his magic to uh, bring the Mavericks a, a couple of wins. And if Kristaps can stay healthy, I definitely think he's going to cause problems because I, I, who's the who's the Clippers power starting power forward this year? I can't even remember. Like I, I don't really know. Marcus, so it's technically like Kawhi because they put like Serge at center and then they put like Patrick Patterson is Patrick. He doesn't play. He doesn't Patterson. He he doesn't. doesn't I remember he started in the playoffs last year or at the beginning of the season this year, something. So I, I I, I haven't watched a bunch of Clippers basketball this year. I'm not going to lie. So I don't, I mean, I know they've been rotating power forwards, but if Christoph Porzingis can cause any trouble for uh, Marcus Morris or whoever starting power forward is, or a Visha, Zubok, then I definitely think that the Mavericks do have a, chance but uh i the, the clippers with a good defensive team and paul george and Kawhi, two all-stars two players that have been on a roll this season that have played good seasons i feel like the clippers are gonna have too much uh and gonna beat the mavericks i want the mavericks to win i don't like the clippers i honestly hate the clippers but i just feel like they have too much talent uh that will not go to waste in this first round uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna also go with the clippers i'm gonna have them winning in six um, my logic is pretty simple on this one. I think one of the games, all, all of the games, Luca's is going to play well, but in one of the games, Luca's is going to play very, very well. Like he did in game four last year. If you don't remember that Luca hit a crazy game winner. And then the other game that the Mavericks are going to win is just going to be a game where their bench is playing well. Kristaps adds a little more than usual and they're just going to outplay uh, the Clippers. But other than that, I don't think the Clippers will have uh, too much trouble in this series, and it'll 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 make them it'll make them sweat a little, but it won't be it won't be like a nail biter. All right, so we are done with our main segment, which was predicting all of the series for the 2021 NBA playoffs. Now we're going to get into our sort of traditional now shot clock segment as I don't think we've done it for the past two or three episodes. Anyways, uh, today's shot clock question is who will average the most points in the first round of the playoffs? Since this is a first round playoff prediction podcast, uh, we're going to start with Tyler since he uh, came up with this uh, shot clock idea. So Tyler, uh, let me get my clock out and you let me know when you're ready. I have a feeling I might be stealing one of your uh, guys. I feel like you might have the same uh, person as me, but We'll, we'll, we'll see. All right, Tyler, I'm ready when you are. Uh, let's do it. All right, 24 seconds on the clock. Ready, begin. So I'm going to go with Jason Tatum of the Boston Celtics just because he's playing a team in the Brooklyn Nets who is, has the arguably three top 10 players in the NBA. That It's going to be a high-scoring series. Every game is going to be high-scoring, and Jason Tatum is probably going to need to put up 
above 30 in every game for the Celtics to even maybe have a chance. He put up 50 against the Wizards. That was high scoring game. He's going to need to put up, he's going to need to put up numbers like that every game for them to even win one game. So, uh, yeah, that's who I have uh, averaging the most points in the first round. All right. Now we're going to move on to Andrew. Andrew. Uh, it looks like Tyler may or may not have stolen your player. Uh, 24 seconds on the clock. Ready? Begin. Uh, yeah, I was going to say Jason Tatum, but I guess I'll just go with Luka Doncic in this case. Um, with Porzingis being injured uh, so frequently throughout the season, as I mentioned, Luka has had to like drop at least 30 every game for the Mavs to win. I think he's going to average somewhere around that um, in the playoffs this year. And, yeah, I think for the Mavericks to win any games, Luka has to score a lot of points. So I can definitely see him leading the league and scoring the first round. Definitely another respectable pick. Campbell, uh, 24 seconds on the clock to tell us who you think is going to score the most points per game in the first round. Ready? Begin. Uh, I think Joel Embiid will score the most points per game in the first round simply because the Wizards don't have anyone to guard them. I think seeing all this stuff about Jokic for MVP is sort of going to piss him off after he had the best season of his career, an MVP-level season, to be honest. And I think that's just going to sort of take him off along with the Russell Westbrook beef. He just has probably a lot of anger building up, and I think he's going to take that out on the basketball court and average the most points per game. All right. I believe Tyler will be timing me for my shot clock. Yes, I will. Uh, 24 seconds on the clock starting now. So I'm going to go with Trey Young, point guard of the Atlanta Hawks, to score the most points per game. Um, everyone knows that Trey Young is a score first, uh, score first type of guy. Um, I think that the Knicks don't really have a lockdown guy that can really uh, stop him from averaging 29 plus points per game. Derrick Rose, great defender, but still, I think that Trey Young, he, I said that he's going to push the series to seven games. Nick's still going to win. I still think he's going to have a great series averaging near 30 points per game. Yeah. Really against the best defense in the NBA. That's interesting. Yeah. And I definitely well, think that other than all the, the three, the four guys we've mentioned, there are definitely other players like a Russell Westbrook or a Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal, or uh, there are a bunch of players that have been playing yeah, well this year that could Dane. average. There are a bunch of players that could average a lot of points this, uh, um, in the first round. So, uh, don't, 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 don't quote us on who we have, because you know what? There are like probably 20 players that could average 30 or plus in their series respectively. So, yeah. You can quote me, though. It's going to be Joel Embiid, no questions asked. It's going to be Jason Data. I like the boldness right there. Um, so that's going to do it for today's episode. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at <laughs> Buzzer Podcast. Campbell joining us for a special moment at the end of the podcast. It's been At The Buzzer, and we'll see you later.